What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 94 of the 2QB Experience. You know who I am. I'm Greg Smith. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Greg Sauce. Today joining me on the show is going to be Kenneth Griggs uh, at Dexter's Library. Uh, you know him. You love him. Great follow. Uh, before we get to him, I want to quickly plug our sponsor for the show, SquadQL. It's a lineup optimization tool. It's a waiver help tool. It's a trade help tool. This app does it all for you in fantasy football. It imports your league settings and your roster and all your opponent's rosters into the app, and it gives you advice based upon projections, uh, you know, weekly rankings, all that good stuff. I was looking at it earlier today because I was the drafter in this preseason who kind of bought back into zero RB to some extent, and what that means is I ended up with a lot of rosters full of bad, sketchy running backs and really good receivers, and what SquadQL will help you do is find the advantages in those margins. So it'll help you delineate between really good wide receivers. Like these guys are both really good, but this one's slightly better. Maybe you should start him. Uh, and on the running back side, kind of the opposite problem. It's like, all oh, these guys are really bad. Why do I have to start them? Oh, because I didn't draft any good ones. And, you know, I mean, that sort of advice can be helpful. It can be instructive. And even if you don't end up taking it, uh, it's kind of good to get a temperature for what public perception is, right? Because then you can look at Daily Fantasy. You can look at all these other places where, Players are projected to score well, and you can fade that if you don't believe in it, right? And so this is just one more tool in your arsenal to kind of help you get better at fantasy. So check them out, squadql.com. Uh, check out their other app, RotoQL, for uh, DFS optimization. I haven't played around with that one much, but based on my experience with SquadQL, I'm pretty sure RotoQL is going to be great too. Now with that said, I'd like to welcome in Kenneth Griggs, perhaps better known as Dexter's underscore library on Twitter. Kenneth, man, uh, it's good to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Greg. And we're super stoked to have you at 2QBs uh, every other week doing your smoke and pass them column. Uh, the first one was was straight up fire. It was great. I uh, can't wait to see what you got cooking for this week. Uh, you want to maybe tease us, give a little spoiler about what's been on your brain for, for smoke and pass them in week four? Well, I'm one of these guys out there that was a Jimmy G uh, truther. So uh, the weekend probably incited a little bit of anger inner anger i don't get mad at the tv anymore thankfully uh or mad at players but uh i would say jimmy g will play a prominent role in this week's smoke and pass him yeah that's my uh that's my home team and i grew up watching the niners and so i'm i'm pretty bummed about that i didn't really own garoppolo in many fantasy leagues but we're, we're going to talk a lot about a, a lot about his injury and kind of what that means for Bethard, for the other guys in that offense. Um, I also do want to take a quick moment to say that in the odd-numbered weeks, you're posting Smoke and Pass over at Fighting Chance Fantasy. So give them a plug, too, and make sure that uh, you listeners are are checking out uh, Kenneth's work um, every other week when he's not at 2QBs. But let's get into the Week 3 recap. Uh, big picture, I mean, you could jump right into Garoppolo here, but what stood out to you in Week 3? Uh, how bad the Patriots have looked. Mm -hmm. Um and it's kind of enjoyable uh, just from, like, an outsider's view. Like, just a, as a fantasy fan, it's not as enjoyable because for years, you know, you ride those coattails of, like, Tom and, and Gronk, obviously. And, you know, they had – you know, they just had so many players you could just feel like you could plug and play. Like, and to see that not working is a little distressing uh, to but to see the Patriots themselves failing is uh, kind of enjoyable. Now, that's terrible to say, right? 
Oh, I mean, they've been so good for so long. There's definitely some some villain syndrome there. There's some schadenfreude associated with watching, you know, a very good team start to lose. Does this right. tell us anything, you think, about, like, the Detroit defense? Because I was expecting a bit of a shootout in this game, and they've actually been pretty good in terms of, like, fantasy points allowed. Uh, I think they've held every quarterback they faced outside of the top 12, outside of the top 15, actually, uh, the most points scored against them was by Garoppolo with about 16 and a half points in week two. Should we maybe be looking at this matchup as something to at least half consider benching our QBs against them if we have other options uh, when it comes to the Lions? Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a consideration considering that how, how well they've played. Uh, you know, that whole NFC North is really starting to, you know, bring those defenses to the forefront. I mean, even even as bad as Green Bay looked in Washington, the previous two weeks, they looked quite good. I mean, they did they did a pretty good job in the second half of both of those games to keep the offense in it. Uh, and then you, you got Minnesota, who obviously had a bit of a hiccup. But I think I would – I mean, you gotta, you got to start talking about Detroit in the conversation if they're going to be able to shut down those kind of offenses, you know. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure what to expect from them this week against Dallas. I mean, I they're they're at Dallas and that I mean, the last time they struggled was on the road at San Francisco, but I'm not really afraid of Dak Prescott at all, are you? No, I sure am not. I uh I I don't know exactly what they were thinking in the offseason. Uh that that wide receiving core is just I mean, it's appalling and the thing is, though, is Dak hasn't looked good, you know, and I mean, he didn't really look that great last year, did he? I mean, without Ezekiel Elliott, that offense is just, it's tough to watch. And now that Dak is playing so poorly, you know, it totally leans on Zeke, which is, I guess, good for for owners of him. But you got to stay away from Prescott, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it he has Zeke this year and that was the one piece that he really needed last season. So you have to ask yourself, what's he missing now? Yeah. I mean, it's, how many, where are the excuses? Just, I mean, there's excuses after excuse. You well, know? I think, I think the O-line has got to be one of them. And I think that that's a valid one to some extent. And I, and I think you see this across the league, not just with the Cowboys. You see the problems that Arizona has had. Uh, you see, I mean, even the, the struggles that Minnesota had against Buffalo in what you, what you very generously just called a hiccup. Like that was a, a total pants shitting. Like they were awful. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, when you see these guys up front in the trenches fail, the quarterback is always the one to feel the brunt of that. Uh, I mean, the running backs do too, but we already know that this is a passing league and running backs kind of come secondary to everything else anyway. I, I'm always more and more fascinated by offensive line play to the point where I should probably take some time and really study it. Have you done much work with O-line or D-line kind of performance in terms of fantasy? Is that something that you care about or, or something that you... I usually go about as far as looking up maybe two or three lists, like of the top 10, mm-hmm. and kind of combining those and working off of that. And I... this is This is totally armchair, man, so... This is certainly not a study that MIT sponsored, but like I've probably done that process for the last four or five years and it has worked 
a little bit to help in that zero RB kind of thing. But then, you know, I think the Browns a couple years ago, I don't know what year it was, so I'm not going to look for it, but we're ranked like top five on almost everyone's list, you know, and you go out and you get like whatever back was for them at the time and it just, it bombed. So I, I'd say that's sort of a process that I've used and not always been successful with, but it certainly is, is vitally important. And this, maybe I'm taking this in too much, too much of a meta direction, but when it comes to managing a bunch of fantasy football teams and playing daily and dynasty and redraft two QB, one QB, Time management is probably the the biggest skill that any good fantasy player can have. How do you balance your time, and and what I guess are your go to resources in terms of helping you you manage your time? Um, I assume, like me, you lean on other people for analysis. Um, do you want to plug anybody else that you think is doing really good work? Do you have any tips for you know listeners out there who might be trying to manage their time better when it comes to fantasy? Well, I, I, I would hesitate to plug anyone uh, besides the biggest one of all, I suppose, is like Roto World is what I that's what I use. So if I'm plugging that, I guess there's your plug. I mean, it's not like they need uh, an advertisement, but I, I spend a lot of time on that site. But it's mostly Twitter that I'm on. And, uh, you know, fortunately, my 11 month old is still taking two hour naps. So that gives me, a you know, two hours to squeeze in a little bit of Charles Dickens and, and, and a little bit of, of fantasy. And, you know, I don't, I, I probably lean on a lot of guys on Twitter and, and girls, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so much good information on Twitter. Uh, you can't really go wrong. I have a list of about 420, I guess, people on it. And it's sort of a, a good mix. There are, you know, there's some people that seem to just do more hockey, but I leave them on there because they interact so well and they know what they're doing. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter, I guess is the short answer. And then, you know, plug and play who I, I feel like could be good. I, I picked up Tyler Boyd last week before this third, you know, what he had like six for 96 and a TD, right? Yeah. He had a big game, especially after AJ Green went out, he caught a, a long touchdown. I think he had another big play there too. Yeah. And I, I just, I guess I noticed that he had a big week last week. I, I kept seeing his name on Twitter, you know, people kind of saying, Hey, maybe this guy, he's a third year guy. You just sort of add up everything else that has ever worked in your, the history of fantasy. And then you take a shot and sometimes it works. And sometimes it doesn't like I picked up Jordan Wilkins in a bunch of leagues last week thinking, hey, he's got a door. Maybe he walks through it, you know, it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, that's it, though. That's the life of fantasy is like sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's Tyler Boyd. Sometimes it's Jordan Wilkins. Uh, We got off a little off track. Let's get back to what happened in week three. And big picture for me has got to be, you know, all these rookie quarterbacks taking over. And this is. Definitely specific to the two-quarterback world, but Baker Mayfield got in there on Thursday night. Josh Allen got the start. Josh Rosen took over for Sam Bradford uh, in Arizona. And all three of those guys appear to have taken over starting roles. And I think that we can both agree that Baker Mayfield is clearly the the top of that group uh, of three. So when it comes to the other two, Allen and Rosen, which one do you prefer rest of season? Because I I think it's a a tough comparison. Oh, absolutely. So, but... Uh, Allen was on CBS this week for my regional game and because the Bears were a late game. And that was a little bit of fun 
to mm-hmm. watch that. Like, he's a fun dude to watch. He's jumping over, like, linebackers and such. Was it a linebacker or was it a DB? I, I mean, what kind of lunatic, what kind of fucking lunatic is that? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with this guy, right? Like, it's, it's freakish, these athletes and, the, and what they can do and what they're willing to do. Like, wh- who in their right mind does that? I mean, he obviously has a screw loose, so it's going to be fun to watch him. I think of the two, because I watched, and maybe I'm influenced too, because I watched the end of that Arizona game, and you talk about just, I mean, I've read all of Shakespeare's tragedies. That one there, that 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 last sequence, those last four minutes of that Arizona game, that's that's got Shakespearean tragedy written all over it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think Allen is is the guy, if only for that rushing production and that that weird kind of. I, I, you're right. It's it's not really something we've ever seen a quarterback really go for in that sort of way. And right. I know we're talking about a yeah. small sample of one game and maybe it'll yeah. look different, but yeah. the the fact that he's willing to use his legs, the fact that he is so big, I do think there's some concern, like extra concern there with Allen about maybe him getting injured. But at the right. same time, Rosen is playing behind one of the league's worst offensive lines. He could just as easily get injured on, you know, a blown pass protection. Like right. I, I don't think that you can use that as a tiebreaker in this case. And the other thing I like about Allen is that, he does have that huge arm, and even if he makes a ton of mistakes early in a game, later in the game, when they're in pure catch-up mode, which is going to be a lot of the time, he may not win many games, but he might connect on a few of those deep balls and make games interesting or make games closer than they should have been, just based on his raw talent, his raw ability. And I think that that kind of high-variance upside is what you should chase when you're dealing with bad players like this or, or, or bad fantasy commodities, I should say. I don't want to say that Allen's a bad player, that Rosen's a bad player, because they're rookie quarterbacks. It's like the hardest fucking thing to do is play quarterback in the NFL, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, and but you're exactly right about the risk factor, because this guy just seems like he's the kind of guy that, you know, once in a while, he's not going to do it every week, but once in a while, he's going to have a performance where – you know, he drops 35, 40 points because he's run around like a lunatic, gets lucky a couple of times, gets some momentum. And, you know, you can say what you want, but in an NFL game, if, you know, if it's on the road, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to pretend to tell me that they expected them to go into Minnesota and win that game. I no. mean, they were 16 and a half point dogs. I mean, come on. I, t- I sent a, <laughs> I sent a text in the morning. To a bunch of friends, and I, I don't bet big. Like, I, I'm sure people will make fun of me for this, but I had $25, okay, on Minnesota to cover. I mean, I thought, oh, that's a no-brainer. I mean, I think they'll cover easily. Well, I I was wrong. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I picked them too. I thought it was going to be one of those games where you know the Minnesota backups would get involved because they would have would have been ahead by so much. But right. you, me- you mentioned yeah. that risk. Latavius Murray. Everybody was on Murray all week. I mean, th- there couldn't have been one soul on Twitter that wasn't was like Murray's the Murray's the play. Yeah, you I know? talked about Mike Boone maybe having some value and like you know what I mean, like just the third stringer because they don't want Murray to get hurt in addition to Cook. So, but but speaking of injuries and speaking of risk, one guy who we may not have foreseen that sort of profile with was Jimmy Garoppolo and we talked about him already and he injured his himself in a, in a weird way. He was running the ball, but it was a non-contact injury. ACL is torn. Now we're looking at CJ Beathard 
as the starting quarterback in San Francisco. And two quarterback owners have to care about this. Like, I have to consider in all my two quarterback leagues, do I want to try to pick up C.J. Beathard? How much fab am I willing to spend with him? Like, what level of tranquilizer do two QB fantasy owners need to take in order to feel okay about even adding him and using him? Because it's one thing to, you know, make the claim, but it's another to actually put him in your lineup. Like, you have to be super desperate, and I'm wondering... Do you have any faith in Beathard doing anything with this offense? Because he was truly bad last year. Yeah, he was he was awful. I looked up his numbers today, uh, and he had seven TDs total. He threw four and ran for three in in the seven games that he appeared. And I remember a little bit about his performances because I was following him at the time because I lost Watson last year in two leagues. Mm. And I don't, they kind of synced up a little bit. You know, you're, you're on the wire then because you're like searching for a warm body. And I remember never even considering even spot starting him last year. But like you said earlier, you know, it's a tough position to play. He played in seven games. He got knocked out of the other one or he probably would have finished the season. You know, they probably were going to leave Jimmy G out, you know, and you know, maybe he's 24. He comes in this year. Now, to temper the expectations, though, I read a, a beat reporter, and I don't remember the name, but they uh, they basically just said, yeah, they didn't sound optimistic at all, which is not good when your beat reporter is like, yeah, this guy's not good, you know. So I would say you would have to be pretty desperate. Yeah, his yards per attempt, I think, last year was under five and a half or something like that, or if it wasn't. If it was over that, it was only just barely. I think it was under six for sure from what I remember looking at earlier today. Where does he stack up against Rosen and Allen for you? Because I think a lot of two-quarterback owners are going to have that sort of decision on the waiver wire this week, uh, whether to chase Beathard, whether to take chase Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. I think you and I agreed that Allen was the the, the guy we preferred of the rookies. Um, where does Beathard line up for you? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely last out of all those guys. I, I would suspect... I'm I'm assuming Baker was probably owned in a lot of two QB yep. leagues, um, but I certainly would put. I mean, I I'm I'm in this situation because I'm I'm staring at that tonight, and I'm, you know, I got 96 in Fab left, I think, uh, and I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be over 20 bucks, 25, 30 bucks to get Mayfield. I mean, because I know these guys that I play with their Hawks. They're just, they see blood in the water, especially the guy with Mahomes sitting out there, you know, and then you got another guy with Tom Brady and Phil Rivers. So they can just put money on it just to, to outdo me. So a Josh Allen, I don't know. I'm thinking probably anywhere in the 15 to $18 range, you know, in those leagues, much higher, I'm assuming. Right. Oh yeah, I mean in two quarterback leagues, if you I've been getting these Yeah, I mean you might have to blow fifty to seventy percent on mm-hmm. one of these guys. If especially right. like like you said, Baker Mayfield is owned in most two quarterback leagues. Josh Allen probably was too, because he actually came into a game last week. Rosen might have been owned in some, so I think a lot of people are gonna come down to maybe Bethard, maybe Rosen, and if it's just one of those so, guys available. I mean that's that's my vote. I think your only hope with you know the Beathard situation is that it just clicked for him. I mean, you don't know. Who knows? Maybe it, there's something about the game that slowed down just enough for him 
to be somewhat successful. I mean, from what I've read, it doesn't sound like anybody expects him to tear the world up, but maybe he'll be serviceable, especially in a 2QB. Well, and if you're desperate in a 2QB, maybe those are exactly the types of reports you want out there, just so he actually stays affordable in fab. So I'm I'm fascinated to see how much people end up paying for him in my leagues. I think anywhere between 20 and 50% is completely reasonable for any owner and if you need a quarterback like if you if you were counting on Jameis Winston and that's starting to to disappear from you like or if you had Marcus Mariota and Tyrod Taylor oh yeah you know like there there have been a lot of bad QBs to the point where yeah if you have to go out and get somebody you might have to spend 50 to 75 percent of your fab to get Beathard and that is terrifying yeah Um, that's absolutely absolutely it is terrifying and and if you look at the qbs i i was looking at them today because i was kind of getting the list prepared for the smoke and pass them i mean the qbs are almost as bad as the running backs i mean it is it is rough out there those it is not smooth sailing and it and it's been for even the big guys you know like tom brady you know came out has come out of the blocks extremely slow and, you know, that's got to be tough to see, even yep. though, you know, the sh- as you said about Schadenfreude earlier, it's like there's a thin line with sh- between that jealousy of the Schadenfreude or if it's just that the guy's a douchebag. But, you know, <laughs> and I, I think it's the I, I believe it's the latter for Tom, but I, he, he's won me a couple of championships, so I can't hate the guy totally. Let's uh, let's take a more optimistic lens and look at uh, week three. Who was the boom of the week for you at quarterback? Which guy outperformed your expectations the most? I mean, if if I'm saying this name, I had to. It had to have been a boom. Like totally surprised was Eli Manning. I mean, I I said last week to start Houston's D, and I actually didn't check in to see how they did. I don't I don't have them anywhere. And once you have a kid, you don't have time to be doing that. <laughs> peripheral stuff that you used to do like i'd be able to rattle off like oh Houston had four sacks last weekend blah 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 like i don't do that shit anymore i don't have time for that but uh he threw two two tees two tees yeah yeah almost 300 yards nearly 300 yards i mean i mean nobody could have expected that 86 percent completion percentage too like shit happens like once every two weeks or something yeah, Eli was was on my list. I think it it, it kind of has to be Josh Allen for me, if only because yeah, I mean, no one saw it coming. But I Eli Manning was my honorable mention here. Like, sh- should we even be afraid of that Houston defense as a quarterback matchup if Eli can do what he did against them? I mean, he completed everything. Yeah, and certainly not. I mean, and Houston's offense. I I got Deshaun in several places. I he's a, one of my keepers in my keeper league, and I love that guy and. He just hasn't looked himself, which, you know, could be just game flow for him. And I'm a buyer there, too. And it'd be nice to see him maybe have one or two more tanks because he would be cheap, man. Like people give that's the thing about fantasy these days. I think what Daly has done to people is they give up on guys way too soon, you know, and I've been guilty of it. But like people just some dude cut Mark Ingram in a league and it's like, man. You drafted him. Yeah, why did you draft him? Why did you draft him? I mean, I get it. You're 0-3, you know, but like, but anyways, you know, I think people, I think people don't realize that there's a much longer game involved, you know? Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's, 
even not just indicative of daily fantasy's influence, but just, you know, life itself these days, mm. you know, like the short attention span yeah. culture that we live in is, it's really hard. What'd you say? No. <laughs> My um, wife hits me with that fucking joke every time. That's great. Well, you got me with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, looking at, looking at Houston, they had like, they haven't had any impressive performances on defense. And this is after JJ Watt is back, right? Like they were supposed to be back to, an imposing scary defense for us to play against. And they had a, a good week against Tennessee, but it was against Blaine Gabbard. Like, I don't care about that. When Tom Brady came there, he, he took care of business. Eli Manning just had a great week against them. I'm not quite as scared of them as I used to be like Andrew Luck this week. I'm not too afraid to use him. I'm not excited to use Luck for other factors that we can talk about later, but I, I think that this Houston defense is not quite as imposing as maybe we thought it would be. But with that said, I talk a lot about about this on the show. It's this is still kind of the preseason for a lot of these teams. Absolutely. Do you think that maybe in two weeks we won't have this sort of feeling about the Houston defense that something will click and they'll kind of put it together? Or if it's not Houston, are there any other teams that you're looking at? You know, their early season performance and thinking this is probably going to correct itself eventually. Well, I I like to think Green Bay is one of those. Uh, especially, I'm still a buyer. And, you know, a lot of people on Twitter are starting to give up. But Aaron Jones, uh, I've watched a lot of Green Bay. They, they're kind of my team. But then again, I'm more of a fantasy fan these days. But I still watch Green Bay a lot. And Aaron Jones is just flat-out talented. The guy can just – there's – you know, there's certain players just have this electric feel about them. Yep. And, yep. and he's going to win out in the end. You know, so I, th- I try to locate – uh, those types of players, those types of teams. I don't know if anybody jumps out at me right now. I mean, uh, it might be, you know, that I'm still a buyer on on uh, Mike Connor. If you or is it or John Connor? What's his name? I'm John kidding. Connor was was the guy from Terminator, I think. <laughs> I know. James I know. Connor. James Connor, and uh, I'm still a buyer there. I think. Uh, and last night's performance hurts. You know, because he had kind of he'd come out hot and then, you know, people are like worried about Bell. And we were talking about like Cincinnati. Did we talk about Tyler Boyd already? Or was that in our like that was in our warm up? No, you talked about Boyd a little bit. Um, him yeah, and Jordan Wilkins. And I'm a big fan of the Bengals long on that on that passing offense. So I'm trying to get pieces of that. Uh, trying to think. Those are the three off the top of my head. Okay, uh, let's get back to our awards for Week 3. Now, who was the bust of the week for you at quarterback? Which quarterback underperformed your expectations the most? I, I think Brady has to be in this conversation, but is there anybody Certainly. else that comes to mind for you? Uh, well, Bortles is... Yeah? Yeah, that was a that was a tough performance, uh, especially coming off what he had just done. You know, I think that I think I probably inflated him in my own mind. I picked him up in two places just as you know thinking hey maybe you know maybe this is this is the offense we can expect from him and then to you know to be at home too against Tennessee and to kind of lay an egg you know zero touchdowns uh just underwhelming from every aspect I read on Twitter from somebody I don't remember who tweeted it but said he just looked lost and that's you know that's that's just indicative of his career it seems like you know, to throw four TDs and come back the next week and just lay an egg, 
So he probably gets that award for me this week. Yep, he was our streamer of the week pick last on, on the last episode, and John Proctor and I both botched that one. <laughs> I'll cop to that. Uh, I mean, we have to talk about Kirk Cousins as well here. Only 10 points, QB 23 finish against the Bills, and I thought that this was in the range of outcomes, but more because all they would have to do is run the ball against Buffalo. And we've, we've talked about that already, though, so we, we can move on. Uh, last thing I want to get to in terms of looking backwards is this Calvin Ridley explosion. He's has this just been a couple of favorable matchups for him or do you see, you know, Calvin Ridley's ascendance over the past couple of weeks, maybe indicating some sort of return to prominence for Matt Ryan, for the Atlanta offense? Um, how, how do, how do you parse this out? Yeah, I'm, I'm a buyer on that offense. Uh, Ridley was surprisingly drafted in all of my leagues and I'm in mostly redraft leagues. Uh, so I was unable to, get a piece of that, but I would say that would continue. I mean, I think it's obviously going to, he's going to regress and he's not going to do what he did this last week. I was actually flirting with putting him on a, on the sit on the, on the pass on list, just because you come off of a game like that, you know, as a young player and it's, I don't know, this could just be me and it could be total BS argument, but I, I kind of see a letdown this week, but I'm long on, on him for sure. And probably that offense, you know, uh, Matt Ryan has proven in the past that he can get, you know, on a bit of a heater and, and play well, as long as it's not the playoffs. (laughs) Well, and this is probably the best secondary receiver they've had since Roddy white. It's kind of hard. It's kind of easy to understate that, you know, they've just been dealing with Muhammad Sanu and, you know, after Tony Gonzalez left, I mean, their tight ends haven't been anything good either. It's been Levine to Toy Lolo and Austin Hooper as a young player. And we all know that tight ends don't tend to pan out early in their careers. So it's basically been Julio Jones and the running backs. I'm curious if Devonta Freeman's injury maybe affects how you view Calvin Ridley. Does it matter to you that Devonta Freeman has been out while Ridley has been seeing this higher usage and higher production in fantasy? Uh, it uh, it, uh, it does not bother me. I don't think. I think uh, I think you're right about you know having a companion for Julio, which changes that offense drastically. Uh, it's something that's uh, that a lot of people I don't think have talked about actually. Um, and if you look ahead to their schedule, it's nice. Oh man, it's sweet and it's sweet as I mean they play every time they seem to play New Orleans. Or Carolina. It, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but it always seems like those two teams battle, and it usually includes a lot of points. And they've got Carolina in the in week sixteen, and they got Green Bay and Arizona. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think, sorry, Greg. No, it's usually my dog who does this, so I'm I'm. I'm gonna have to cut that part. I guess <laughs> I might leave it in, but yeah. yeah so <laughs> where were we? I'm sorry. You were talking got, about the schedule and, and Green Bay for uh, Atlanta. Yeah, they got Green Bay, Arizona, and then Carolina in, in 14, 15, 16. So it kind of lines up pretty sweet. So, yeah, I, man, if you can get a piece of it, the problem is is most of those guys were drafted, so you're you're buying high now, you know. Right, and so like you said, if this happens to be uh, a down week for Ridley against Cincinnati – it might be time to maybe that's the time to to throw out the feeler and try to buy him back after after a value dip. Like, oh yeah, that week three was just a spike. The only reason he did that was because he was going up against New Orleans. And 
that that's something that's always fascinating to me is how you can kind of play those narratives into your trade negotiations and Mm -hmm. fantasy owners are so much smarter now than they were like even like two years ago let alone like five or or six years ago i don't know how often that stuff works what what is your approach to to trying to trade in fantasy football leagues like just at a base level are you do you send out a lot of offers do you try to uh, you know negotiate with people before you send an offer like where are you at on trading it's it seems as though most of my trading happens when I'm I'm on on the tilt. If I if I've if I've started out a league one and three, almost every owner in the league knows. Boy, Kettle be better. <laughs> Just get him lined up. Whatever you got to do. And it and I have been known to make some really terrible trades in those situations. But you know if you're if you're two and one, three and zero, oh, four and zero, oh, it sure makes it more fun. It's like hitting a head in a count. You know, you like you're you're up three one. You can do whatever you want. And so the negotiation wise, yeah, that can be a little tough. But I, I like that. I like to play low on guys. I'm hoping my kind of hope is that Aaron Jones has another stinker this next week and he ends up on some wires, you know. So you don't have any concerns with Aaron Jones about the fact that Aaron Rodgers is hurt and the fact that Jamal Williams is, quote unquote, the better pass protector because it almost seems like they want to use Williams as the primary back there out of necessity. And that's the only reason Jones isn't getting more opportunity. Do you just foresee the Packers eventually realizing, Hey, look, we got to get our best players on the field. Jones has to play more. Is that kind of what you're banking on? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I'm at probably on that. Yeah. I hated to go back to it there, but it it seemed apropos of, of, of what we're, we were speaking of. So, uh, no, that's good. I mean, I'm I'm in on you. I'm in on Jones with you. So, I totally buy what you're what you're selling here. And it, I mean, that's if, kind of the only guy that I've been hyping at all this year. So, if he doesn't work out, then not to hell with it. I was wrong. You know. <laughs> all right, we're gonna get to the week four preview in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL. The only mobile app you need to crush your friends and your rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based upon your starters, the bench players, and the free agent pool that's available to you. And if you're wondering how SquadQL actually does this, it connects directly with your leagues, either on Yahoo, ESPN, or CBS. It pulls in your actual roster, your scoring settings, and SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus gives you player rankings each week. It's all based on those league settings that you pull in. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season, so head over to SquadQL.com to download the app today. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, which is the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. And you can also download RotoQL for free, both on Apple and Android. Check out SquadQL and RotoQL today. Okay, back for the week four preview, and for once, we have... A good matchup on Thursday Night Football. Ken, where are you at on Minnesota at the Rams? How do you see this game playing out? I think that the Rams are going to walk all over them. Uh, but uh, I've been known to be wrong, as we talked about earlier. Jordan uh, Wilkins. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, you've got you, – you just don't know what you're going to get with Minnesota at this point. Like, this, this team seems to be – Coming out of the blocks here, you know, I know it's early, and Minnesota could be in that conversation that we were talking about. Like, they could start clicking at some point, you know, with Cousins just getting there. Or maybe, and, you know, this is something 
that's going to have to be in the discussion. Kirk Cousins is just one of those guys that, you know, maybe not as bad as Bortles where he disappears for two or three weeks at a time, but does disappear once in a while and just isn't that good. You know, I mean, that's a conversation. But I, as far as Thursday goes, I think the Rams are going to walk. And I know they're, they lost uh, to leave today. Yep. I mean, that's the case for Minnesota here. Akib Dalib is out for some sort of surgery. Marcus Peters, their other cornerback, is a game-time decision. So, you know, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, stock goes way up here, even on a short week. And, I, I mean, Minnesota does have something to prove. This is, like, super narrative-heavy. But after getting Josh Allen, after getting blown out by the Bills, I, I think that they have to have some sort of chip on their shoulder. So I, I think they'll come out and play well. I, I don't know if it's going to be... You, you know, a total blowout by the Rams. I do think the Rams should win. They're at home. You know, Minnesota is traveling west for a night game. Mm. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of something to that. Uh, but when you look at that Minnesota offensive line and you look at that Rams defensive line, Kirk Cousins might be running for his life in this game. And that mm. might just be all that matters. But I, I, I can't wait to see how it plays out because these Dalvin might practice today. I saw. Yeah, I mean, they need him at this point. I, I don't yeah, think Latavius Murray like is as hyped as he was last year. I just don't think he or last week. I don't think he's that good of a player. Like he's just not the same guy anymore. That's true. Speaking of uh, you know Latavius Murray and players to panic over, I, I wanted to throw out a bunch of uh, scenarios for you around the NFL. I'm calling it the panic level index, and I want you to kind of rank the following concerns among quarterbacks and maybe not, you don't have to rank every single one, but tell me like which ones you, you are actually worried about, which ones you're, you're not worried about. First is Andrew Luck getting displaced by Jacoby Brissett for a Hail Mary attempt. This is, you know, the narrative is that Luck can't throw it downfield. Uh, the next is if you're an owner of Jameis Winston, while Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to kind of pull points out of his ass. Uh, and then the next one is Dak Prescott failing to crack 15 fantasy points uh, the top 20 quarterback in his first three games. I guess we already talked about him. We're both concerned about him. Um, the next is Mitchell Trubisky playing very poorly, kind of like a young Blaine Gabbert. Uh, and then the last is Marcus Mariota and his phantom limbs. He just can't feel his fingers, apparently. So which one of these you know, stand out to you as, as significant problems that you were going to really worry about? Which ones are you kind of writing off and saying, I don't care about that? Uh, where, where do you stand on these five guys? Well, we can start from the top there. I, I wouldn't be worried about Andrew Luck. I mean, from a physical standpoint, there might be worry there, but there's no way. Jim Irsay is not going to let that happen. Like, that ownership, that franchise is committed to that ship. Like, that was like me with Peyton Barber until this last week. Like, I was going down with the ship. You know, I'm, I would say that they will not go away from Andrew Luck anytime soon. And that's just my opinion. Even though the stats on Twitter are alarming, you know, they, they're talking about average air yards and average attempts and, and all of that. And the, the numbers prove that the dude, his arm might still not be, but that could be, you know, they could be holding him in back too. I mean, who knows? Yeah, that, this was the one that I was least concerned about as well. And for me, it's kind of just about the fact that you can throw short and be successful in the NFL. Like, you're not going to be an elite quarterback. I definitely had Luck ranked too high relative to where his arm strength appears to be. But I think he can still put up points. Like, he can do an Alex Smith impression if he needs to. And he's, I think, a, a better quarterback than Alex Smith even still. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that one either. Um, 
what else stands out to you with these these concerns? Uh, I would say, I mean, after last night's performance, I think that Winston, that's going to be tough on them, I think. You know, yeah. I think that they already announced that they're going to wait until after the bye. I think, I think there's a chance that Fitz is probably playing for his job. This week, this week, I don't know, or maybe they're playing it even different, more differently than that. But it's man, what a bad draw to have to come to Chicago because that's where they are this weekend, right? Yeah, uh, I'm going to spoil a little bit here, but he is one of the guys that I might bench this week. I mean, he kind of became one of those every week starters based upon the way he was playing, the weapons that are around him there for Tampa Bay. But I don't think you can use him at the Bears. Their defense has been so so good. I'll tell you, outside of that. Uh, there was like it had to have been a broken coverage, or maybe the guy just ran a great route, and, they, and Bradford made a great play. But they, outside of that one touchdown in that Arizona game, you know, though they gave up two, but the the one was was glaringly bad. They've been good, man. That Chicago defense is good, so it's good. It, I think it's going to take kind of. I think it might take Fitzy to have to win that game because if not, then management and. Uh, the coach and ownership all has the ability to say, hey, well, you know, he's dropped two in a row. It's time to move on, you know. Well, especially with the bye week to get Winston, you know, back and ready to to be, you know, the starting quarterback. I, I totally agree with you. Where, where are you at on Mariota? Because this is the one that concerned me the most. I I just hate having players on my team who have nebulous injuries, injuries that we can't fully put our finger on. Like what's the recovery time he's playing through it, but how hurt is he really? Like I have the same sorts of concerns about Aaron Rodgers right now, but specific to Mariota, what are you feeling? Like how are you evaluating him in fantasy? I haven't. I, so Mariota is one of these guys, uh, you know, they always tell you don't let history (laughs) persuade your opinions. But that's just a bunch of bullshit. Like nobody does, <laughs> or they, at least they claim they don't. But I, I didn't have any piece of Mariota this year. I and for the reason is that he just can't stay healthy, the guy. But it, I mean, I've read a lot about him, so I really like him as a human being. He does a lot of really great things. It seems like, and he's like a good person. But man, as a fantasy QB, yeah, it's time to give up that ghost, and especially when you start talking about those kind of injuries because that's that's dangerous and you know somebody should be in their ear about maybe this isn't it's you know maybe we should give this up you know this career might not be suited for you if if you're having those kinds of kind of injuries would you drop him for some of the you know lesser guys that we talked about earlier as waiver pickups? Like, let's say you were in a two quarterback league where Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield was available. Would you cut Mariota to pick up one of those guys? I mean, I would, but I'm I'm the most rash person you've ever met on fantasy. I I'll just drop somebody if I you know if if it's not performing the way I had it set kind of in my mind, which might be one of the worst strategies ever, but it has worked for me. I mean. Uh, I would probably drop him for probably for Baker or for Josh Allen, just because I like both of their games and what they can do and what they can bring to the table. Certainly they're going to have, I mean, I'd take this bet that Baker and Allen finish ahead of Mariota from here on out. I'd take that bet. Yeah. I think Baker is kind of a no brainer for me at this point, just because we know he's talented. He was the first overall I mean, all pick. All you're doing right now by do- saying that though, is talking me into spending more money tonight. <laughs> well, I- Hey, maybe it's the right move. Maybe, maybe. Who's uh, your favorite or most intriguing quarterback streamer of the week? And for two quarterback leagues, we're we're typically looking for low-end QB2 or QB3 types. 
who owner who owners wouldn't always start, but this week you like their outlook. Now, can we go back to Allen, or do we want to? He's on my list. Let's do it. You know, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting what we got last week, and you know, I didn't actually look at his numbers uh, on on what he did. What do, do we have that? Real he was quick? the QB four, 196 passing yards on 68 percent completions, only through 22 passes, but he carried the ball 10 times for 39 yards and two rushing scores. Uh, one passing TD, no interceptions. So uh, most of his production came on the ground. That's where he. That's where he's going to butter your bread. Well, I got to be honest. I mean, those numbers sure light the light the candle. Yes. And especially in Green Bay, because I'm still, I'm still, again, I'm long on Green Bay. If, if like you and I said, Rogers is can play and is healthy or healthy-ish, then I'm definitely long on them. But I mean, their defense. I mean, I, I talked them up a little bit earlier, but I would I would probably play Allen this week as 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 my play as like a low end QB two. Yeah, I mean there are only two teams on by uh, Washington and Carolina, so you you have access to a lot of quarterbacks. Now, with that said, we've talked a lot about how quarterback has shifted a little bit, how some guys are injured. I think that Allen does have appeal if you're in one of those if you've been backed into a corner to some extent. With that said, I don't know if I'm going to play him over someone like Philip Rivers or Matt Ryan or I don't know that caliber of player. Maybe even Case Keenum. You know, I, I think I might still rather play those guys over Allen. But if you are backed into a corner, if you're in a deeper two quarterback league, I think he makes a lot of sense. I talked about this last week in my Gamefulbotics article, but I, I recommended Paul Richardson because Green Bay has been terrible at defending deep passes, and we all know, like we talked about earlier, that a- Allen has a cannon for an arm. Right. On top of that, Green Bay has also really struggled against the run. Like they rejuvenated Adrian Peterson's career last week. Yeah. And no. we we've seen Allen do it with his legs. He has sneaky value as a rusher. I mean, maybe it might not even be that sneaky anymore, but there are two aspects of the game, two aspects of this Green Bay defense that make Josh Allen pretty appealing. I think that if if you you could do worse, and that's like really, you know, trite fantasy analysis, but I think that he's he's possibly worth it. <laughs> I think that's actually great advice. I say that to myself all the time. Plug in a guy. Well, it could it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. And, and I agree with you there. I I mean, obviously, if you can get Baker going to Oakland, and I realize they're you know it's a cross country, but man, I think that that looks like kind of a sweet matchup. Yeah, Mayfield was the other guy on my list as far as like really deep plays. Um, I, I actually set a waiver claim for him ahead of Eli Manning in a one QB league. Uh, admittedly, that was before I saw the news that uh, Patrick Robinson, the Saints cornerback, was injured. Uh-huh. So I might revise that ranking uh, and, and go after Eli Manning instead. But the Raiders have allowed the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far, and not really to good ones either. I mean, they faced Goff, and Goff is, is good, or at least that offense is good. But the other QBs the Raiders have faced have been Case Keenum and Ryan Tannehill. So right. it's right. not like great QBs are lighting these guys up. So I think Mayfield's going to be good this week. I like him too. I would start him ahead of Allen. Um, and because I brought up Eli Manning, I think he has to enter this discussion. Um, and because Evan Ingram is out for the Giants, you can also go ahead and fire up Sterling Shepard. I think he's going to, in addition to Ingram out and Patrick Robinson, the cornerback, being out for New Orleans, like Shepard's got a pretty easy path to a lot of targets and a lot of relatively easy targets compared to, you know, the coverage that Odell Beckham's going to be drawing. I think Manning is in a really good spot because everyone's passed like crazy against New Orleans. Yeah. And I, I had one other guy on the list and I could, 
end up eating this. But did you say Ryan Tannehill? Because he's going to New England. They're three and zero. They it it feels like they might have a little bit of momentum, a little bit of energy there. I mean that could be a like a fall in your face kind of thing, and the and the Pats could win like thirty one zero. But I really think Tannehill, uh, you know, can can get a little something going there. You know, it's early in the season. It's not like it's going to be crazy weather. I don't think I, I didn't look at anything, but uh, I mean Blake Bortles did it. You know. My worry with Tannehill is that they just don't throw that many passes or run that many plays in Miami. The past two weeks, he's only thrown 23 passes in each game. I mean, he's completing a lot of those throws, uh, 74% in both uh, Week 2 and Week 3, and he's scoring a lot of touchdowns. He's had two or three touchdowns in every game this year, and I don't know if that sort of pace can continue. That's like what Jared Goff did last year. Uh, And I mean, maybe that's just the scheme that the Dolphins are running, though. It's like control the clock with short passes and a lot of running the ball. And then when you get around the goal line, use that sort of efficiency to, you know, pass into the end zone. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see. I I thought the New England defense was going to start to play well against these bad QBs, but maybe it just is going to take longer than I thought because Belichick is typically a good enough coach to sniff that stuff out. Maybe it's just too early in the season. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, all I think is that Twitter is going to be lots of fun if the Dolphins are 4-0 and and they go into New England and win. That could be great. Because Dolphins' Twitter is, like, low-key kind of funny. All those those Miami fans are are pretty crazy, man. And it's I like a lot of those guys on Twitter. And I, the, think, I think Danny he, Carter used to root for the Dolphins when he was a kid. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense now that you think about it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I... I yeah I don't know it's too early I think people were writing off Tom Brady a couple of years ago you know so you just never know but I mean he's no spring chicken I know how I feel at 42 I'm not an elite athlete you know my 40 times not what it used to be but <laughs> it's it's tough getting old so but I I would I would probably still be a buyer on that I mean you can't you can't sell on that yet. Yeah, I mean, getting back to Tannehill, you talk about being old. Tannehill isn't actually that old. He's only 30, uh, and he does have some athleticism still. He he gets it done with his legs to some extent. He had eight carries in Week 2 for 44 yards, three carries last week for 26 yards. That's a little bit of extra padding on those fantasy numbers to kind of make up for the lack of passing volume. So I'm with you there. I like him as a potential streamer there because against New England, he might have to throw, and all these concerns about his passing volume might just not matter at all. Um, who's your clipboard holder of the week, Kenneth? Uh, quarterback who you'd normally start, but but you're going to avoid this week. I think I'm good. I mean, Kirk Cousins has to be in this mm-hmm. conversation, uh, especially after this last week. And I, uh, on a short week going to the Rams, I I would probably if I had another option. I mean, that's tough for people though. In a 12 team league, Kirk Cousins, you know, probably is going to be a starter when you gla- glance around the around the league yeah it's it's tough to run them out on thursday night though because it sure is because then because when they bomb you got to spend three you got to spend 72 (laughs) hours staring at that what was i thinking we talked about fitzpatrick as a a guy who who might sit this week against the bears the other guy i want to throw out here and this might be a little stranger is carson wentz going on the road at tennessee yeah Uh, i have some you know minor concerns about him still recovering from injury and if you look back at his rookie year and a little bit last season, he has struggled a bit on the road relative to being at home. 
and Tennessee's been competent enough on defense. I'm, I'm not thinking that they're a, a pushover. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey might not play in this one either, so the weapons for the Eagles are still somewhat limited. Um, sounds like Jay Ajayi might come back, but again, like more running backs entering the, the equation doesn't necessarily make Carson Wentz more. If anything, that makes me think that the Eagles might lean on the running game more and take the ball out of Wentz's hands. I think that he's a guy who, if you have decent to good options otherwise even if you drafted Wentz higher for whatever reason I think you could bench him this week if if it makes sense and it's going to depend on your roster but he's a guy who I might shy away from here yeah for sure and you know the problem with me is I'm in a lot of these 12 teamers and people carry you know two quarterbacks and you know you can say I actually had this discussion on Twitter you can say that's like a bad strategy but if you've got two decent quarterbacks i mean there's even a team carrying three and i and and in that league i lost jimmy garoppolo you know if you're rolling with one and you put all those eggs in there and it it cracks the streamers become that's why baker you know the baker's gonna be expensive the cake better be fucking good (laughs) uh i'm gonna spend a bunch of money here because like you said earlier you know if you're in a two qb and you're staring at bethard I mean, what are you going to do but spend the money? Yeah, sometimes you just got to do it. You got to bite the bullet and pay up. Less, uh, do you have anybody else in terms of guys you might shy away from before we move on here? Uh, I don't, actually. That was about it. I mean, I probably I, I probably wouldn't dip back into that those Bortle waters right now, especially <laughs> at home against the Jets. You know, I feel like that might be a slow game. I don't, I don't see the Jets doing much there, so I probably wouldn't wouldn't mess with that. But you could fire up Case Keenum probably, right? Oh, I think, yeah, going against Kansas City and Keenum being at home, like that that yep. could shoot out. I, I actually like Keenum a lot this week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, last thing I kind of want to get to before our bold prediction is the Colts and their defense. Um, they've actually been relatively effective against quarterbacks. They've held all three of the guys they faced to under 17 fantasy points. The high finish against them was QB 16 by Andy Dalton. Do you feel like this is real? Is it a mirage? Um, would you be concerned about starting Deshaun Watson in Indy this week? No, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I'm, you're talking to the wrong guy because I'm like president of the local fan club, you know. So I, I can't, I, I can't see doing that just yet. I mean, he didn't have that terrible of a game last week, right? Like he threw, he threw for 385. I think he had two TDs. I mean, it seems it seems a little early uh, to to panic on that one, and I I definitely wouldn't sit him this weekend. I mean, there's no way. Who knows? Maybe somebody does have a better option, like a six man lead. Yeah, and I mean, the thing you can't avoid with Watson is his ability to run the ball. And he only carried it five times for 36 yards in Week Three, but that he's just always a threat to score on the ground, and he takes so many deep shots, kind of like what we we're talking about with Allen. Even if he's having a bad game, he can, you know, right the ship in fantasy points terms pretty quickly and pretty easily with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you could even think about sitting him in this matchup, even though Indy has been good. But, I mean, that's something that people will look at. Like, if you're playing daily, if you're playing uh, even on, like, Yahoo, CBS, ESPN, wherever, you see those little team names pop up next to your player, and they'll be highlighted red if they haven't given up that many points, or orange if they've given up a medium amount of points. And... Don't don't let this indie defense scare you off. I think is what we're saying, right? Right. And you know the interesting there's a there's a subtopic here about the numbers that Will Fuller puts up 
you know, when he's in the lineup. Like they, it's crazy, man. That dude, DeAndre gets him the ball. Oh yeah, it's it's a perfect combination Deshaun, of players. Deshaun gets him the ball, and Fuller has put up maybe arguably just as good a numbers, if not better, than than Hopkins. Well, I think I think DeAndre helps him get the ball too. I mean, that was a, a bit of a name slip there, but the fact that Hopkins is there frees Fuller up to to get open on those DR yeah. routes. It's a perfect marriage That's of like two receivers. Say, Greg. That's what yeah. I that was what I was meaning. So. <laughs> I'm picking up I'm picking up what you're laying down. All right, last thing. Uh give me a bold prediction for week four. Well I'm gonna go back to it here. I I know that uh I, maybe I'm doing it just because I'm rooting for it, but I think the Dolphins are gonna gonna go into uh Foxborough and get the win. I think they're gonna be four and oh and and we're gonna I don't think it's it's not the changing of the guard, but I, I think that it's going to show that there's a lot of holes up there in New England that have, that have been hiding behind, you know, scheme and Tom, and I think it's just falling apart maybe a little. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the well on something else we've talked about a lot on this show, and I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers aggravates his injury, and Josh Allen gets win number two. I, I think it's happening. That's, that's I'm going my bold prediction. This weekend, so I, I, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But <laughs> it'll be a fun game to watch. Like I'm pretty excited. When I first saw this on the that this was the game I was going to with a buddy of mine, I actually taught with him in Japan, and we've been friends now for what ten years, eleven years. We've been to a lot of games together, but. When I when he told me this one was on the schedule, I was like, "Oh man, the Bills! Come on, Nathan Peterman!" But uh, I'm pretty excited now. This can be a great game, I think. You hit the jackpot, man! Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how they bounce back after that game against Minnesota. It, it feels like it could very easily be a letdown game, but that Rogers injury, man, it has me scared. Like I don't know if he's going to be able to finish the season. He doesn't look right. Yeah, that, I mean, it's definitely something, especially when you got Deshaun Kaiser backing him up. Goodness gracious. All right, Kenneth, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, listeners, you can follow him at Dexter's underscore library on Twitter. Um, anything else you got to say? Anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? No, nah, man, I appreciate you having me on and letting me ride on your site. It's great. Yep. Listeners, you should definitely check out Smoke em, Pass em this week. Uh, next week, find it over at Fighting Chance Fantasy. Uh, if you have any questions for the show, hit me up on Twitter at 2QBs, and that's T-W-O-Q-B-S. The email address is spelled the same way, so if you have a longer-form question, uh, you can send it to us there, 2QBs at gmail.com. Please rate and review the podcast. That really helps me out. I'd appreciate it very, very much. Otherwise, good luck in week four, and we'll catch you next time. Adios. Adios.